of Coco Nuts, episode fourteen. Hi, I am Coco, and I'm Kashu. Hi, Kashu. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty swell. <laughs> Fresh from vacation. Yes, slightly Just more tan than I was before. Nah, you look the same. Sure, I sure. You didn't get any sun whatsoever. Well. We did go to the beach a couple times and got a little bit of sun, but we'll talk about that on a later note, probably. <laughs> Most likely. Well, even though you just got back from vacation,、um, I find that、uh, pretty good thing that it's already Friday. <laughs> so,、uh, wow! Like, I know. We just right? got back from vacation today, starting in the weekend, and just like so much celebration, so much time off. I love it. And today is Fridays with Friends, our first Fridays with Friends after we got back from our trip,、mm-hmm. and I am pretty excited to have an amazing friend with us.、Um, Lynette is an award-winning journalist who loves to cook and, like me, loves to eat. <laughs> On Instagram, she's Nomad Lynette, and her feed is just fabulous. It's full of interesting pictures and of her adventures. Um, and the food that she finds around her adventures, I really enjoy her Instagram.、Uh, she's also the host of Beyond the Table podcast, where she tells stories of culture and food. Welcome, my friend. Pleasure to have you here. Hi, it's great to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really well. I'm in Sydney, Australia, right by the beach. And I just walked down there about an hour ago and had a coffee. Oh my gosh, that sounds so great! I would <laughs> love to live in Australia. I mean, well, before we like start anything, I just wanted to ask you. You know, have you ever heard the rumors like are going around recently that people saying that Australia is fake, like it's been like not existing all this time? Have you heard of that? I missed that rumor. Update me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's so weird. I I recommend that you check it out. People are saying that everybody from Australia is just like really intricate actors. Australia is fake, never existed. I I recommend. It's pretty. It's a pretty good, pretty good read. It could be true. <laughs> Why did you hear that? I heard it on Instagram, but、She's、Instagram is not to、right、be trusted. <laughs> continue, Coco. Continue. Fake news. <laughs> wow. We、uh, so when we were living in Colorado some time back, we used to have monthly vegetarian potlucks. Oh yes, the vegetarian potlucks.、Yes. Yeah, yeah, and we met、uh, through mutual friends at、oh, my house. Man. Mutual friends, <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of that during like a great get together. And I still remember Lynette the dish that you brought that night. It was like.、Uh, An amazing lentil salad. Do, do you? Oh my god! I didn't remember that at all. But I do always make a lentil salad. It probably had beetroot and sweet potato or pumpkin or something like that. Yes, yes, it was awesome.、Uh, and I want to send kisses to Marja and Susanna because they they came with you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I um, I made that recipe up, I think,、um, but I still make it sometimes. <laughs> it was awesome, and I I I remember like was yesterday. <laughs> my kitchen was like we had so much food, and I put her salad like on the back, <laughs> so, so I could have more <laughs> because there were just so many people too there. 
Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So you, we, we have been in Indiana for a while, and we haven't met uh, a group of friends around here that that like healthy foods, and and so uh, like we did in Colorado. You are from New York, right? Yeah, from Rochester, New York. So it's about six hours northwest of the city. And, and how long were you in Colorado? Um, I think just over a year. Uh-huh. I had been living in Australia and I quit my job and went to travel in Mongolia and all my plans fell through and I just ended up crashing on a friend's couch in Colorado. That's actually what happened. <laughs> so what did you go story. to Mongolia at all? Or it could you be a movie. decided to just not go to Mongolia and this went to Colorado? I went to Mongolia. I was supposed to, I was supposed to be there for three months and I ended up Booking another, booking a one-way ticket back to the states after about five weeks. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, was it bad there? Um, no, I enjoyed it, but it was just I was trying to do some freelance work, and it all fell through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, in the end, like a week after I left, the work that I was waiting for um, actually came through. So if I had stayed, my life might be totally different. But oh <laughs> it works, isn't that weird? So you were in Colorado for that year, and then after that, you just started going to like these beautiful places. Because I kept following you through Facebook. Was it like did you go first to Australia or New Zealand? Um, I've been in Australia the whole time, but I've I've had some holidays in New Zealand, and I've lived in several parts of Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of just in the last couple of years, traveled around the states and and New Zealand. Okay, so so from the States to Australia, from Australia to just back and forth going traveling, but you basically went from New York to Australia. Yeah. Yep. How far is the flight? Like, how long is that? From New York, it's pretty far. Um, it's like pretty much 24 hours from... Oh, my gosh. It's 14 hours to California, to LA. But then to get to Rochester, it's quite another big process wow that is wild i couldn't imagine like 24 hours traveling like i already have to we let me once you came back from brazil we already traveled for like 26 hours but that's only because we had a 12 hour layover i couldn't imagine it's like 12 like so many hours on the plane and wow no thank you it sounds terrible i mean it's a bit less than 24 it's 24 to europe but yeah it's it's a it's a while maybe 21 hours to new york Oh my gosh, wow. Oh my gosh. I love your accent. How long have you been in Australia? <laughs> I don't, know. Like thing. I don't, I don't think I have an accent. Period. You do? <laughs> that is definitely not New York accent. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I have lived here forever. Um, I first moved to, to Australia in 2001, January 2001, so like right before September 11th. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, I was just like when we were in Brazil. There, you know, down there, very few people speak English. Most of the country speaks Portuguese. I think the only people that speak English down there are the guides. If you're going on a tour or something, mm-hmm. they they and we were just talking about accents, like how the Americans have an accent, the the English has one, and I was just telling them. But the most beautiful one 
it's the Australian accent, and here I'm talking to you today, and you have this just beautiful accent. It's just so cool. It's a little warped, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so, like, from New York to Australia, what what difference do you see in culture there? Like, what do you see different from the U.S. that you would you like and you dislike in Australia? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um... I don't know. There's not massive differences in the culture, but I would say there's some differences in the lifestyle. I think that, um, well, for example, in Australia, it's a lot easier to work for yourself, be self-employed because, um, you don't really have to worry about health insurance. Um, there, that's just funded by the government. There is health insurance here, but you don't have to have it. You, you, if something happened, you'd still be okay, if that makes sense. So health insurance is like on top of the normal um, system. So it's kind of a hybrid system. But anyway, um, for me, that was a big thing because I used to work for myself for many years. I'm not now. Um, but that was, that was a pretty significant reason why I wanted to stay in Australia. Um, what else? I think that um, work, like work is a lot more um, flexible here. Like, for example, I have a full-time job where I work from home, um, which doesn't seem to be much of a thing in the States. Yeah, not really. Yeah, before this I had something called a job share where um, somebody and I, she worked three days a week and I worked two days a week and we equaled one job. Oh, wow. That, I've never heard of that before. How is that? Uh, it, I loved it <laughs> because I didn't really want to work full time. So it's like a part time, but not really, right? It's part time, but it's basically, I guess, why it's nice is like, you know, how it can be hard to get a good part time job. Yeah, right. This way, like, um, for the company, they get two people doing one job, and so you can potentially get people that balance each other out that have different strengths and weaknesses. Um. So it's good for them and then it's, it can be good for you because it's easier to find a job that you enjoy. Oh, that's so cool. I've never heard of that before. Time to move to Australia when I get out of college. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Not the easiest place to move to, but... <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. I have been trying to find the right time to go visit some friends because it's just, like, so expensive going... Even, like, going from Colorado is expensive. Imagine now going from Indiana... Uh, but not just the fact that it's it's expensive. It's just like the logistics is also so hard. Yeah, for sure. Well, if yeah, you do I, come, I will definitely take you on a food tour. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Let's make plans right now. <laughs> book a plane ticket like right after this. That's exactly the kind of trip we'd like to take. Oh, yes. Our food is great. Yeah. So good. The you mentioned the health the health system um it's just a, a fun fact is that in brazil they also provide free health insurance for everyone um provided by the government so people don't have to have insurance just like there but because of the high demand they it's just it, it's not the same 
the system is very bad and, and it's like they, a weak system. Yeah, they don't have good hospitals. The people wait a lot to, to to be seen, and in case of an emergency, sometimes there are not enough beds, there are not enough doctors. So it's the, the funds are not enough. So I just wanted to ask you: Do you see that happen there, or it's a well balanced system? There are problems with the system here too. That's probably not the problem. It's a little bit of a complicated, it's a very complicated system here where you have actually private health insurance and you have this public system. And the way it works is if your income is over a certain amount, they get, they basically charge you extra unless you get private health insurance. Oh. Yeah. And so the problem is at the moment people are saying, well, why would I get private health insurance? Like what value is it adding? And that's, um, that's a challenge for, um, for a lot of people. Now, just to let you know, I actually work for a private health insurance company. So I can't talk about that in that much detail. (laughs) No, it's all good. It's all good. We can go back to talk about food. Yeah. I I think the three of us can all agree that it's a much better topic. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So going back to food, do they have potlucks there or there's just a U.S. thing? They do. I haven't had one in ages, though. Generally, they do have potlucks here, but it hasn't been as much of a thing in Sydney. Um, but I used to live in Tasmania, which is the little island off the bottom of Australia. Oh, like Tasmanian devils. Exactly. Like Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Yes. So when I lived down there, we I had a group of friends that I went mountain biking with every week. And for years, this thing had been going where you'd go for a bike ride. We'd just leave from someone's ha- a different person's house each week. And it wasn't really planned. You'd just send around an email and say, let's have it at my house this week. And then we would pick a cuisine. So it would be like the theme will be Vietnamese and everyone would make some kind of Vietnamese dish or whatever, like whatever theme. That is so cool, man. Yeah, I loved it. We did it for years and I think it's still going. But since I've moved up to Sydney, I really haven't had that kind of sense of community here. But you're right. It's a good idea. I feel like I should um, maybe start something. Yes, that'd be so yeah. cool. Then you can tell us about your developments on that. That'd be really cool. I tried to start one here in Indiana too, but it's just so hard because we live in the middle of nowhere. It's more like farmland, um, you know, basically corn and soybeans everywhere. And then the folks, the closest, the closest community you find is like Cincinnati, which is about an hour, 45 minutes from here. And some of them are not that interested in coming to a potluck that far. Yeah, I actually think that's the problem with Sydney is that it's a really spread out city and it's really hard to get from one part of the city to another. And if like the public transport's terrible, it can, it usually it takes an hour to get from my house by the beach to pretty much anywhere else in the city. Um, and so it is a barrier, like nobody wants to do that. And so you try to make friends in your little suburb, but that's hard to do. And living in a city, do you still have, uh, is it close enough to go to adventures? Like you go to different beaches, do they have like mountains close by? Cause I see your beautiful pictures. I mean, how do you pick those places every weekend? 
So I live in a suburb called Coogee. And Coogee is, so it's basically as close as you can get to the city, but still be the beach. Um, and so it, like I can get a, I can get a bus from my house to some parts of the city in like half an hour. Um, but it's still kind of considered the city. Nice. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bondi Beach. That's like a really famous beach in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's like two beaches away. Like I can, run, I run there every Wednesday night. Oh wow! And so I hear you talking about public transportation. So do people use more public transportation, or do they have their cars or their bikes? It's like the U.S. with tons of cars and tons of pollution everywhere. <laughs> um, there's a bit of both. Yeah, the public transport's not great. A lot of people I know don't have cars, but a lot of people do as well. And bikes is a thing. I'm a mountain biker, um, and lots of my friends ride around for transport, but I'm too scared. There's a lot of, like, it, I don't know. I don't think it's very friendly to cyclists here. So I get scared. I always feel like I'm going to die every time I do it. So. <laughs> If this ain't rude, I do not know what it is. This, just like walking out to get the mail, just like, I am afraid I'm gonna die. Is it like those... Like the in Brazil, for example, we were just there, as you know, the 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 drivers, the car drivers, they do not respect oh my the people they are, they, they are crossing. They, it's you know, you have in the U.S. the car will stop for you to cross. There, it's like they push the gas when they <laughs> see someone crossing. <laughs> yeah, it's just so ridiculous. It it's like. I, the same thing happens to the to the the bicycles and the motorcycles. So is that what you feel that that the the drivers are so aggressive, or is just because there's just too many cars on the road? No, the drivers are aggressive, and then also they've decided to put in a light rail system, and there's just construction all over the city and detours, and it's yeah. It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were in a city, you were in the island. Which place do you you have moved up at around the country a lot? Which places do you do you consider like your favorite in Australia so far? Oh. Well, Tasmania was beautiful. I loved it. Um but it wasn't a great place for my career or Some other parts of my life, I guess I've felt like it's better to be closer to a big city. Um, so right now I really enjoy where I live, but it's very expensive to live here. Um, I live in a really small flat. It's really expensive and it's not renovated and, um, you know, I don't have storage. Um, so there's, there's pluses and minuses and obviously living in Tasmania, It was much easier to get together with friends. You could just drive across the town in 10 minutes. <laughs> so here it's like an hour. You have to plan ahead and, you know. Yeah, everywhere there is the, 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 the good and the bad, right? Yeah, I was definitely. just reading that. Um, you know, we, always, we all know that Sydney is a very expensive city around the world. And uh, just read that actually San Francisco has took has taken that from Sydney and New York and now is the most expensive city in the world. So imagine that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So on your website, you have a blog 
and then you have the podcast which I really enjoy your podcast um, I have always been curious about blogging uh, whatever topic it is I, I really enjoy the whole idea of you know putting content out there talking about a specific topic um, you must confess how is it to have a blog like um, it's like the maintenance, the ideas, the, 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 I know that you probably love to write because that's what you do, but it's, how, how is it to have a blog? Um, well, I don't really have a blog right now. So I, I used to have one. Um, and there is a, there is a section on my website that says blog and there's maybe like two posts on it. Um, but I did for a while, I had a dedicated blog before I had a podcast and it was kind of, I interviewed people about their life stories. It didn't have like a specific theme. It was just like anybody random that I met that I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. I was a journalist for about 15 years and the media industry all over the world, but especially in Australia was kind of not going great. And so I decided to start this blog back in 2013, which I did for about a year that I interviewed all kinds of random people. And it was kind of a travel blog. It included lots of photos of trips that I was taking and adventures and that sort of thing. People I met on airplanes, I kind of put their profile. I did find it hard to spend the time to promote it. And I wrote one post that went pretty viral. And then for some reason, it I lost motivation after that and stopped, <laughs> which was kind of funny because it was exactly what I was trying to do. And I got my hits on my blog went way up overnight. Social media following like quadrupled, but I kind of just wasn't wasn't that into it anymore. So I ended up stopping right after that. This is also a very big mood. I completely relate to everything that you're saying. I'm like sort of a writer too. I don't really do it a lot, but I do it for like fun. I like write fan fiction and stuff because that's my thing, I guess. But you know... I, like, once I always get the attention that I've been wanting for the the period of time, I'm just like, oh, well, never mind. It's cool. I can just stop now. I don't even, I'm not even feeling it anymore. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you, what, what do you think is the reason for that? I don't know. I, I feel like, like, once it happens and you're just like, well, goal completed. I just don't have to guess I don't have to do anything. And all the hard work that I've been doing all this time has, like, finally paid off. And now I don't have to work anymore. You know, I guess. Okay. I think for me it was that I wrote a certain kind of post that I thought would go viral, and it did, but it wasn't really the kind of writing I wanted to do. And so I kind of had this feeling of like, oh, this is what I'm going to have to do if I want to increase my following, but it's not really what I'm passionate about, and it just kind of I gave up after that. You just have to be true to yourself, Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And, and, and really kind of put the content out there that represents you and, and what you enjoy and what your love is. Yeah. Although I guess it's a, a medium finding that balance because you, you also want people to hear it and listen to it and share it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how, you, how you, you find that balance. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I don't know if you guys have listened to the, our first Fridays with Friends with Mangala. She... Uh, the same thing happened to her. She, she's a photographer and a traveler. 
she takes these beautiful pictures and she, you know, she opened her Instagram and she was doing her thing. She was taking her pictures, going places, doing her social media, hashtagging, engagement and all the type of thing. And then out of a sudden, Instagram features her and her followers just like out of nowhere, boom, she has 40,000 people following her on Instagram and then she lost interest. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. I wonder what it is. Yeah. That's like something that we should like all like think about and like wonder why. That is really interesting. I'm going to like put this on the show notes and ask people about it. Like, what do you think? What is the reason for this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all know that social media, it's really hard to work at getting engagement, even getting noticed. It's just so much algorithm. It's just so much SEO in the back end. It's just so much noise that is really hard to compete. And for you to go viral on something, it's just truly an achievement, you know? Yeah. Well, how it, how it happened was that I wrote a guest post for a much bigger blog than mine. Um, and on that blog, it sat on that blog for maybe six weeks and then an even bigger, um, like Facebook guy, I think it's called, um, Sustainable Man. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically, it was kind of like Humans of New York in the sense that it was just only Facebook. Um, they got hold of the post that I wrote and they shared it and that's when it went crazy. Oh, Wow. That sounds insane. I don't, that, that is wild. That's marketing 101 right there. <laughs> of course you, you would say that, Miss Marketing Woman. Writing a blog as a guest post and having that blog post, it'll share. It's like just the best thing ever. Yeah, it's hard to do it though. It's hard to be motivated because you're, you're basically writing it for their audience. Yeah. Can't necessarily be exactly how you would write it for yours unless the blog is exactly like yours. Yeah, and, and, and they, they, they got to be like in agreement with, with your writing and and with what you're going to say. And even like you have to be in agreement with how they sell their blog because all that is just, it's branding is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. See how interesting blog is? and I then know. And then that's just like, it takes so much time and then out of nowhere you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't keep up with all this. And so... And then you, you just came up uh, with the podcast. So the podcast came about, so you have, uh, so you didn't, you couldn't do the blogging and then you decided to do the podcast. So how did the podcast idea came about? So I did the blog and was freelancing for about a year. And then I decided to actually, for the first time in my life, get a full-time job working for somebody else. And so I had never done that. I think I was about... 35 at that point. So when I did that, I basically just had no energy left for anything else. And so for about three years, I just worked for other people and focused on that, just focused on kind of doing a good job. And I was kind of in a new relationship as well. So I was, I was, um, you know, just trying, trying to focus on that relationship and all of, all of those kinds of things. And then that relationship ended and I don't know. I just was really desperately missing doing something creative because my job's not super creative, even though it's a writing job. 
And I missed interviewing people and just hearing people's stories. And I don't know, that's kind of my favorite thing in life. You know how sometimes you'll be sitting on the train or you'll go into a restaurant or something and you just randomly meet someone and they'll tell you their entire life story in an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like how all the movies are, honestly. Well, it always happens to me. And so I was just like, I want to do something with that. And podcasting, I for the last four or five years, that's basically the only media I consume is I'm just constantly listening to stuff. It's amazing how podcasts has just exploded like this, huh? I love it's it just myself. so lovely to be able to, and or even just like in my house when I'm cooking, you can multitask in a way that you can't anything else. Yep, yep. I mean, the podcast you have, it just has an amazing stro- storytelling. Uh, it's just like, it, which reflects your journalism background because it's an easy listening mm-hmm, yeah. and it's, it's a really well put together. So how did you come up with the whole concept? I mean, you just say that you, you just love to talk to the people and, but the way you put together the interview is just so neat. Oh, thank you so much. Um, the initial idea, I had a whole list of ideas and I would just, I was telling all my friends all of the ideas. Um, and that was the one that everyone kind of resonated with. But I guess beyond that, I sort of just wanted to do something fun. And I definitely didn't want to do anything related to medical or science or health because that's, that's my day job. And I just wanted it to be something I could do in my spare time, feel like I was traveling because suddenly I went from freelancing where I could travel for three months a year to getting four weeks holiday and spending most of that four weeks visiting my family. And so I just felt like I wasn't getting to travel. And I guess doing a food podcast like this, it's like it's not traveling in the same way, but it's exploring Australia in a different way and trying all these new cuisines I've never had and like learning about new cultures. So it was kind of just a way to travel while still working full time. Very, very cool idea. Very cool idea. We enjoy and we we know that other people enjoy as well because you have a good a good following on iTunes, so it's yeah, pretty good neat. review. <laughs> Five stars, yes, do approve. Yeah. What do you have a favorite cuisine, or you just pick you just pick randomly what you got, what you're gonna? Um, feature? I've got podcasts coming up. I've got about four coming up. If I ever have time to edit them, um, that are cuisines I had never tried before. Um, and some of them I had never even heard of before. So one, um, it's called Wiga. Oh, where is that from? That is from far Western China. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like a, a Muslim ethnic minority group and kind of, it's like a central Asian type food almost. Um, and then another one is called Peranakan, which I love that word, um, and that is from sort of immigrants, Chinese immigrants in Singapore and Malaysia. Wow, so cool. Everything is so interesting, right? It, and then, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and the base, the foundation that each cuisine use is actually sometimes different, but at the same time, it kind of have some similar seasonings in all cuisines that kind of tie each one of them together. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think every cuisine has a form of dumpling. 
Yeah. This is a true fact. I have never considered that until now. Yeah, I love the one you did about the Nigerian cuisine. That has been my favorite so far. And since I used to enjoy jollof rice so much, um, that was like so interesting to me. Uh, some of the, um, well, if you guys don't know, cashew is half Ghanaian and jollof rice is one of the things they cook the most. So when I saw your podcast, it was just like, wow, I'm, I'm back, back in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes, yes. So the Ghanaians, they cook jollof rice all the time and, and it's so spicy and that, that I, I couldn't even taste anything because the <laughs> habanero was just so strong. Wow. Oh, that's wow. funny because I actually, I think I put this in the podcast, but as I was walking to the event that I went to, I met this woman from Ghana and I ended up spending the whole night with people from Ghana and it was a contest where you voted on which country made the best jollof rice. And I definitely voted for Ghana. I don't know if I was maybe influenced by the people I was with. <laughs> Peer pressure, vote for me or else. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But when they put too much uh, habanero pepper, it's just like, it's impossible to taste it. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, Lovely's family, uh, the Ghanaian side of her family, they truly love habanero pepper, so it was really hard for me too. But when they didn't have too much, I loved the seasoning, I loved the flavors. It was back in the day when I used to eat chicken, so they would do with the chicken. It was like really tasty. Yum. Yeah. So, and, and the people, how do you meet the people you interview? It's just like, are they your friends or you just meet them at, like you said, at, at, at the airplanes or the bus. <laughs> so this podcast, pretty much all of the people, I just cold called and said, hey, I've started a podcast. Really? Yep. You are awesome. That I feel like that takes like so much like inner courage. It's like, oh. hi, I, I'm starting a podcast. Can, can you talk <laughs> with me, please? Like, yeah. Maybe? Well, it's kind of sort of like what a journalist would do if they're interviewing somebody yeah, about definitely. some topic, right? Yeah, I guess I, I kind of channeled those skills. But when I was in uni, in college, I should say, in Australia, you call college uni. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was in uni, um, I had a job interviewing, you know, those people that ring you up to do surveys? Mm -hmm. Oh, unfortunately. I had that job for three years. <laughs> so I am actually, it is like my secret superpower is I'm really good at doing that. <laughs> like, but I do struggle with it every time. I do have to write down a script on a piece of paper and like hold my breath and just do it. And I hate it, but I can do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like, what kind of surveys did you do? Oh my God, the one that stands out was we did one for the Maraschino Cherry Society of America. <laughs> that exists? Does yeah. that exist? I might have the name wrong, but it was something like that. And we actually called up bartenders during happy hour <laughs> to ask them about like their favorite way to use the cherries. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh. That is now becoming my dream job. I'm going to be, I'm going to call people and ask them to do surveys. This is well, so talk about interesting people right there. <laughs> R.I.P. bartenders. That's so cool, though. 
It, it's a, uh, it's really, really um, interesting how the podcast came about and how you put these stories together. We, and and I hope that our listeners can find the time to listen to Beyond the Table because it's just really, really interesting, and I really enjoy it and I recommend. So. Yeah, I think it's so cool. I was listening to the one about Monica's pies, and. I'm just like, so I listen to NPR, and your your podcast is like, sounds exactly like NPR. It's so professional, and it, it has like the voiceover and everything. I'm just like, wow, I am very impressed with everything that has to do with this. Oh, well, that's nice of you to say. I do listen to a lot of NPR, so it's probably infiltrated my style <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I was just on holiday, and so I did that interview because... Mm-hmm. That woman's pie shop is really close to where my parents live. And I just thought, oh, since I'm there, I'll see if she will um, talk to me. And I was nervous about that too. She's been in the New York Times and the Food Network and all these other big outlets. And I was like, I have this little podcast called Beyond the Table. And she, I don't even think she knew what a podcast was. But <laughs> That's cool. Uh, as you know, we just we just got back from the Amazon and it's funny how uh, the whole trip sounds like a beyond the table type of podcast. This is for real. I we do recommend that you go to the Amazon and try all the nice foods, even though you might eat rice and beans and pasta for your entire time there. Well, tell me about it. I want to hear more about it. I might even right. It was it was just to me though, as a Brazilian, going to that location was a dream come true because. You know, it's history and the and the natives are all there. As a, a nature person, it was unbelievable to oh, be yeah, in the forest, uh, breathing the air and and so clean. It was so just clean. unbelievable. I don't even have English words to explain. <laughs> it's just like um, it was an experience for a lifetime and. Going to going to the forest, going to the caves, visiting the uh, the waterfalls and and, and the, the, the natives. But it was like we went to the river and the history behind the 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 animals and the food around the river. It's just so different. The food around the forest is so different, and how they protect the animals there. It's such an amazing location to vacation, and it's so close to Miami. I just, I, I'm just surprised more Americans don't don't go there. And and there was only one another guy that spoke English, and he was from Australia. <laughs> wow! So can you tell me, um, what is the food like there? So around there, since they there's the the rivers there. They are, I would say, main number source one, of food. Yeah, number one source of food or main source of food. There are a lot of fish going around. There's so, uh, piraruku and then the tem- tembaki, I think. Yeah, so the main two fish is that they will eat around the, the Black River, which is the uh, Rio Negro. It's the piraruku, which is uh, a very big fish that, wow, can be... I think that was a, the biggest fish the guy was telling us that was around that they, they found was around, oh my gosh, it's the size of a shark. They, wow. They get that big and they are so heavy. Um, 
uh, I forgot that it's just it's so heavy. They get so big, and imagine a fish like that. If they get if they catch a fish like that, it can feed many, many, many families. Um, they were talking about the tambaki, which is another big fish that they. It's so big, Lynette, that the 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 ribs it's it's similar to like the bones of the 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 pig because it's so big. Wow! When they were doing the the barbecue, which oh, we call yeah. shuhasco, they would cut the ribs like a, the pork ribs. It's just so big and. And and it's unbelievable to see how big that fish is. Yeah, we were when we were eating it at the restaurant. It was, it was huge. It was on the tray and the table, and nothing else fit. And I was just like, oh my god! Yeah, we need to explain though that we are vegan and vegetarians. But when we travel and we are in places that we've never been, and culture and food that we never tasted before, we do taste because we want to experience the region and that particular location to the fullest so uh we do need to do a detox now that we are back home (laughs) but we did try the fish and and the ants and all the type of thing that we could eat around there yeah i think that's what i would do too i'm not vegetarian but i do eat a lot of vegetarian food and that's mostly what i cook um and i sometimes think about doing it I don't think I will, um, but <laughs> not full time. But I think that's where I'm at too. Like it's, I don't want to miss out on on those experiences. Yeah. So yeah. you're like part time vegetarian. Um, no, I'm. I would never call myself vegetarian, but I do eat more vegetarian than anything else. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I really, I was really proud of Cashew and P that they ate the ants. Well, we went to this this indigenous tribe, um, and um, and for those folks who doesn't know, actually, when the Portuguese arrived in Brazil, the people from the Amazon was the first people they met. Um, it, it, you know, it was, the, the forest was, was very big and, and I don't know exactly what, uh, path they took, but they met the Indians when they came in and, um, they just lived the same way as the 1500s and it's unbelievable. Um, and when we got in there to visit their village, they cooked for us and they had, fried is it fried or i don't know it was like over a fire yeah over a fire type of ant and it tasted like popcorn i if you basically close your eyes and you just eat it you have no idea you it just tasted just like popcorn the ants were huge though it had a crunchy crunchy sound yeah it was like it was like crunchy and but it was like it's not a normal small ant that you like see in your house to like gets your chip remnants and stuff they're like huge with like the bulbous behinds and like it was mildly terrifying putting that thing in my mouth but it it was actually pretty tasty what did it look like did it look like an ant yes definitely (gasps) kind of like all shriveled like kind of like curled in on itself kind of like how you know like how like spiders are when they die wow i am really impressed i would really struggle with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that it, it was uh it was an experience, and the guide was explaining to us that they actually cook for us as a welcome gift, and so we thought it would be um, only polite. 
yeah, yeah. We, we had at least to try one, right? But you did actually think they tasted good. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't it too did. bad. It actually did taste good. And, and I don't know how it happened, but it, I don't think they used salt, but it was it had a, some kind of salt yeah, going on. It was seasoning. salty. And I think that the next stop, that the next way up is going to eat those, uh, what are they called, the scorpion lollipops? Have you seen those where it's the scorpion inside the lollipop? A hundred percent. I have seen those and I do not see, I think that is over my threshold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good too. You know, overall, it was an amazing trip. Um, The fruits that you can find in the Amazon are unbelievable. They are so tasty and it's so good for you. We were so happy to eat acai almost every day. And we were introduced to other fruits that just grow in that region um again it was a truly i I feel truly blessed to have gone there to meet the people that i met there go to the places that we went Mm -hmm. and to have my girls visit all the stuff that they did and and have that experience was was a very good trip it sounds amazing so you're not from that region then no i am actually from the northeast area the the other side so it's like going from the west coast all the way to the east coast and we i'm from the beach so we stayed five days at the amazon and then we took the plane and we went to the beach for another 10 days and that we met our family and that's when we went to the beach and, and had a good time with with everyone there but no i've never been to the amazon It was my first time Oh, wow. Can you tell me more about what that was like? I guess I wondered if it was like, because I think of it as being this giant rainforest, right? Mm -hmm. Is is that accurate? Yes, it is giant. Yes, it is. It is a giant place. But you only go so far. They don't let you go deep. Um, That's that's for the, the, the trails and for the caves, too. So the um, one thing I also noticed is that the trail is well traveled, so it has that engraved on mm-hmm. the ground. So the leaves fall on top and then rain, and then so it's really slippery. And so you have to be really careful. Um, you cannot touch any of the trees around you. Even because... when you're falling, because I fell twice and couldn't <laughs> hold like couldn't hold on to anything. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's a you have to go and for yourself and, and experience. I, it's um, it's pretty amazing, and and the trail is actually very hard. Yes. So we don't we don't suggest a, an older person to go on the trail like Unless that. Unless you're like super vigorous and yeah, it's super challenging to to go on the trail. It's uh, and also they were saying that um, some of the snakes they camouflage, so they didn't want us to touch the 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 vegetation because it could be a snake as well so anacondas no there was no anacondas <laughs> our no, guide kept being like oh my gosh look an anaconda but we he was were, just playing us the whole yeah, time no, there was no <laughs> anacondas there so she's just playing <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, enough about our trip we were here to talk about you yes we will talk more about like we have we'll have talked more about the brazil trip on our wednesday podcast yeah, uh, okay tune in but you know, I, I, this has been awesome and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us from your busy schedule. I mean, today is Saturday. You should be at the beach and you are here <laughs> yeah. with us. 
So I really appreciate your time and, and getting to know the podcast, you and your adventures was pretty, pretty great. Thank you so very much. It's really fun to talk to you again. It's been a long time. Yes. And um, if our listeners are curious about you and where can they find you, where, how, what, what is going on? Tell me more about your projects. Uh, how, how can they hear more about you? Okay. Well, you can subscribe to Beyond the Table pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts and you just search for that and it will come up. Um, it's hosted on my website, which is my name, which is a little tricky to spell, but it's lynettehoffman.com, which is L-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and I'm Nomad Lynette, same spelling on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I also have a podcast or sorry, I have a Instagram for the podcast, but I'm not very good at updating it. So Nomad Lynette's probably the better one to go to. Um, but the other one is, I think, Beyond the Table podcast. Cool. Awesome. So once again, Lynette, everyone, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate to have you here. Definitely. Thank you for taking time out. And even though it's like 14 hours ahead from where we're at right now. No, it's great. It's fun to talk to you. And Saturday's pretty chill here. So no problem at all. Enjoy your time there. I'll talk to you soon.